Hi, everybody. Well, once again, today we uh, lost internet connectivity or uh, something and could not get our Zoomers online, couldn't get things uh, going the way that we normally do. So I thought what I would do, I just believe so strongly in the message today that I came home and I'm recording it again. Uh, for those of you who may have missed it, uh, I just believe this is an important message for all of us to hear. So I'm going to, you know, not in the church building, uh, but God's here, uh, right? And just trusting that he will meet with us even through this medium of video. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we do come to you. Lord, you don't need all the fancy stuff. You don't need uh, the lights and the music and the big screens and this and that, Lord. Your word is life and it is spirit. And so, Lord, we ask you to speak to us once again by your spirit, Lord. Touch our hearts, God, what you would say to us today. Give you thanks. We give you praise for it. Through Jesus, we pray. Amen. So go ahead and turn to John's Gospel, chapter 12. We're continuing on in our series from the Gospel of John. John, chapter 12, and beginning at verse 44. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into this world as a light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. As I was preparing this message this week, I saw something that I have never seen before, which is kind of nice for a pastor uh, preaching for years. I can still learn from the scriptures, amen. Um, but I saw something that I had never seen. According to John, uh, these were Jesus's final words in his public ministry. After he had been uh, out there roughly three and a half years in all that he said and in all that he did, this was the final message to the public. After this um, is the Last Supper. Then Jesus goes out to Gethsemane to pray, where he is arrested, tried, convicted, sentenced to death. So this here is his last word to the public. Think about it for a minute. If, um, if you're talking about a preacher's last sermon before he retires or a... Um, uh, professor, maybe his last lecture before he retires, or maybe you 
were with a, a large gathering of friends or family and you knew this was the last time that you were going to see them, uh, what would you say, right? So this, this is going to be something that is incredibly important for the world to hear, for us to hear. And so what is it? What is his final word? And I, I'm, I'm entitling the message this morning, The Final Word. Uh, so what did Jesus say? What did he end his ministry with? What did he end his time on earth with? And I want to condense it down to four words this morning, taking into account all that he's done, all that he said in this three and a half year period. What is his final word? And his final word can be condensed to these four words. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. 417 times in the Old Testament, uh, in the prophets, we read that same phrase, thus says the Lord. So just like the prophets of old, Jesus was saying, I have not been speaking to you words of human origin. I've been speaking to you the very words of God. I have been communicating to you from the Father from the Lord, your maker. Do you remember when we started this series in John, we said in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, right? Uh, in the beginning, God had something that he wanted to speak. That word was with him. That word was God. God then comes to earth and speaks that word to you and to me. His message through the life of Jesus Christ. But, but what he says here, that what Jesus says in this um, uh, passage says, also reminds me of Moses before he departed, before he died, the last words that he brought, some of the last words anyway, that he brought to the people of Israel. He said this in Deuteronomy 30. He said, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and to possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Do you see how similar that is? Look at it again, verse 48. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life, life and death, blessing and curse. Do you see it? He's saying here, that, that what I have said in my three and a half years of ministry, what I have been saying, what I have been doing, right, has been a message from God. If you heed that message, 
you will have eternal life. If not, then the word that has been spoken will judge you and you will perish. Life and death, blessing and curse. Verse 46 of John 12, he says, I have come into the world as light. I have come to show you the way. I have come to give you understanding. So let's look through John's eyes. Let's look at the life and ministry of Jesus. Let's highlight it. If, if Jesus is this, this message to God or message from God to us, what is that message? Let's go back through. Let's highlight. Uh, I see in the Gospel of John seven specific miracles. If you know about numerology in the Bible, the word seven, right? It's the perfect number. It's, it's completion. It's all of those things. So John included seven specific miracles um, so that this word would come to us through the ministry of Jesus. So what do these seven miracles say to us, right? Number one, beginning with the wedding in Cana. What happened there? John chapter two, Jesus turned the water into wine. Remember, what does that say? Okay, someone who alters matter. Jesus didn't take grapes and go through the whole thing, right? He altered matter from one thing to another. What does that tell us? Who is this, right, that is among us? Or at the very least, who, who, who is with him? Who is he acting in connection to? Okay, this is God here, right? And who does God do a miracle for? Who does he come to here? This is an unnamed average couple who is about to become the laughingstock of their community. They failed to plan adequately. They failed to provide enough wine for their guests. They would not live that down for the rest of their lives, okay? So, so what happens? Jesus comes into their reality. He meets them right where they're at, okay? What does that say to us? Unnamed Average people, who are we? We're nobody big. We're nobody important, right? God says, I, even I myself, will come to you and meet you right where you at. It doesn't have to be this huge crisis. I care about you. I care about your needs. What's going on in your life? And I will meet you right where you're at. Isn't that incredible? Miracle number two, the healing of the official son, John chapter four. A man comes to Jesus and begs him. He says, my son is on his deathbed. Would you please come and heal him? And Jesus said, I, I, I'm not going, but, but your son will live. You go, your son will live. And the Bible says the man believed the word of Jesus. And he travels back to his house. Uh, a day's journey and, and a servant meets him. And the guy says, hey, your son is well. He's he's up. He's moving around. Everything is great. And the guy says, can you tell me when the change came? And he said, yesterday at such and such a time. And the guy said, that's just when Jesus said, go, your son will live. What does this tell us? This tells us that God responds 
to faith. That those who will take him at his word will see incredible things happen in their lives. And that touch of God knows no bounds. Jesus didn't have to go with him. Jesus didn't have to lay hands on his son. Jesus didn't have to speak a word to his son, right? His touch reaches wherever he sends it. Amen. Miracle number three, the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. John chapter five, the man was there crippled. He couldn't walk for 38 years. And he encounters Jesus. And what happens? Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. The guy again takes him at his word. He picks up his mat, rises to his feet and walks. What is he saying? What is he saying? Let, let's, um, first of all, let's 38 years. Okay. How long have you been in a situation that just seems hopeless, right? It's just just been too long. I've always been this way. Situations always been this way. It's never going to change. There's no hope, right? There is in Jesus Christ. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. Second, let's zoom out a little bit. Let's look at what this says about mankind. You know, we're crippled, aren't we? We're broken. We talked about that last week a bit. Uh, we're, we're, we're broken in because of sin, because of our own sin and our own failures and our own mistakes. We are broken. Um, we're, we're broken as humans by sin disconnected from God. We're broken by the wounds of other people. We're broken by our failures, broken by our mistakes, right? And again, some of those things, years and years. And Jesus is the one who brings healing and restoration into our lives. Miracle number four, the feeding of the 5,000 from five small loaves and two fish. Right, John chapter six. What does that say? That says, you know what? You may not have a lot to offer God. But he will take that offer and he will multiply it beyond what you could have ever imagined. Amen. Miracle number five, walking on the water, John chapter six. What does that say? That says to you and me, God doesn't know the word impossible. God doesn't know the word impossible. He is not bound by even the laws of the universe that that control our earth, right? The creator of the earth is not bound by the laws of gravity or, or anything, right? He doesn't know the word impossible. What is your impossible situation? What cannot be done? God is greater. God is greater. Miracle number six, the healing of the man born blind. John chapter nine. Again, zoom back. Mankind. We're born blind, aren't we? Again, because of sin, separation from God, we are born without the understanding of who God is and what God can do and the love of God and what that offers us born without true understanding. Through Jesus comes the understanding 
of God's truth. I remember as a young man in my early 20s, uh, crying out to God. I, I, I just uh, come to a place that I called my my spiritual low point. And I said, God, there's 8 million different religions in the world. They can't all be right, but they can't all be wrong. Something has to be truth. Something has to be the truth. Show me, Lord, what the truth is. And thank God he showed me. Thank God he showed me. Through Jesus Christ comes the understanding of truth. And finally, miracle number seven, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, John chapter 11. What does that say? They who believe in Jesus will pass from death to life. First of all, in our natural lives. Again, we go from from darkness to light. We go from not understanding to the knowledge of truth. We go from sin, controlling all kinds of areas, bringing death into our lives, a self-centered life that brings death to relationships and and death to this and death to that, right? And, And when God comes in, when Jesus comes in to live in our lives and begin to lead us and guide us in in his ways, life comes to us. We pass from death to life. And then finally, we will have victory over the grave. When we pass from this life to the next, we will pass from death, the end of this earthly life, to life eternal in the presence of God Almighty. Amen. Seven miracles showing how Jesus can meet us personally, right where we're at, and reveal the love and goodness of God to us. Also, as we highlight the book of John, there are also seven specific I am statements that Jesus makes. Number one, he says, I am the bread of life, John 6, 35. Okay, what was the situation? Here God brings the Israelites out of Egypt. They are there wandering in the desert because of their disobedience. They're running out of food. Um, they're, they're in danger of starving, okay? And, and what happens? God sends them manna. He, the, the dew forms on the ground in the morning and these, this cracker-like substance forms on top of the desert floor. God provides for them. They don't even know what it is. They call it manna. The Hebrew word manna means what is it? They don't even know what this is, but it keeps them from starving. It sustains them. It gives them life. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. I, just like man would take that, that physical bread into his physical body and, and live and not die. If you take me into your life, if you take my truth, if you take me into your heart, you will live spiritually. He is the bread of life. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Through Jesus and him alone comes true enlightenment and understanding. John chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. 
I actually skipped one. Let me go back real quick. John 10, 7. First, he says, I am the door to the sheepfold. The door to the sheepfold. The only way in to God's fold. The only way in to God's kingdom. The only way to become God's child. The only way to become one of God's chosen through the one door, Jesus Christ. And then he says, John 10, 11, I laid down my life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. There's a lot of uh, things and maybe a lot of people that say, hey, I can do this for you. I can do the other thing for you. How many things have proven out? How many people? Uh, Jesus laid down his life for us. As the song says, he gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me, right? Proving beyond a doubt. He didn't stand up and say, I'm the great so-and-so. Follow me and I will give you two cars in every garage and all this kind of stuff and make a lot of money. And, you know, right? What did he do? He put his life where his mouth was. He laid down his life for you and I, proving his love for us. I don't know if you hear that, the barking in the background. Please ignore it. <laughs> I am a good shepherd. And uh, John 11, chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection of dead lives, dead hopes, dead dreams. I am the resurrection. The spiritually dead are raised to new life. And someday, again, on, on that last day, the, the, the overcoming physical death and being raised to eternal life in the presence of God. He is the resurrection. What is that hope? What is that dream? What is, I mean, you've counted yourself out. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, right? There are not many paths to God, not many paths to redemption, to heaven. There is just one, and his name is Jesus. Finally, John chapter 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine, the true source of life and fruitfulness. You and I, we, we look to relationships. We look to careers. We look to the things that we have that we can accumulate, right, to, to make sense of our lives, to make our lives mean something, to give our lives purpose. And Jesus said, I am the true source of that. Get connected to me. 
and I will give your life meaning. I will give your life purpose. I will bring forth fruit into your life. The I am's of Jesus. Where did we first hear that term, I am? You remember? I am that I am. We saw it at a burning bush. We saw it where Moses was on holy ground before the presence of God. And he said, what is your name? And, he, and the Lord said, I am. I am. Let me ask you this morning. What do you need? What do you need? What is the deepest cry of your heart? Jesus would say to you this morning, I am. Do you need healing from a broken past? Do you need hope for the future? Do you need peace in the midst of the storm? Do you need unconditional love? Do you need purpose in your life? Strength? For what you're going through. Jesus says. I am. Because when we have him. We have it all. We have it all. You may recall. Again. John starting this gospel. In the beginning. Was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. God had a message for humanity. God had a message for all of Israel. God had a message for you and for me. Through the life of Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, the word who was lived out in front of us, the message spoken by God, wrapped up in the life of Jesus Christ. What did he say? What was God's message to mankind? Close your eyes a moment. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I am speaking for God, but when I put this all together, this is what I hear. He says, I love you. I have come to meet you right where you're at. You. You, right where you're at. Believe me, and I will heal your heart. I will heal your life. I will restore you, and I will open up your eyes to truth. Your past will not hinder you. doesn't matter how long it's been. I will do more in and with your life than you could ever have imagined. And in the end, in the end, you will defeat death and live forever in my presence. But there's only one way. There is only one truth. There is only one doorway into that life, into eternal life. Believe in Jesus Christ. He is the true and good shepherd who laid down his life for you.
and in him alone will your heart be satisfied. Thus says the Lord God, your maker. Have you heard that word this morning? That is the message spoken through the life of Jesus, spoken loud and clear 2,000 years ago, and hopefully through this imperfect vessel spoken once again today. The word from God wrapped up in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, receive that word. Receive it, and it will lead you into life, life abundant. Reject that word. Please don't. Please don't. Reject that word, and that word will testify against you on Judgment Day. The I Am, the God of creation, your God has opened his arms to you in Jesus Christ. Right now, how will you respond? Bow your heads with me. He's opened his arms wide. Let me ask you this, have you truly opened your heart to him. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about a church. Have you heard his word to you personally? And have you opened your heart to him and said, Jesus, I let you in? If not, Say, just say this in your own words. Say, Jesus, I want to do that right now. I have heard, God, I've heard you speak to me. And I want that. I open my heart to you right now and ask you to come in. I give you my sins. I give you my brokenness. I give you my past. I give you my future. Be my Savior, be my Lord. And I thank you. I thank you for speaking to me. Show me your goodness, Lord, in my life. Thank you, Lord. And if you've done that in the past, if you already opened your heart to him, let me ask you this. Is he still the I am? Is he still your I am? Is he still where you turn to meet those deep needs of your heart? When you're sad, when you're lonely, when you're anxious, when you're stressed out. I, for one, can tell you that I have veered from that. I get to the point sometimes I say, I just want to veg out. I just want to veg out in front of the TV. But you know what happens invariably? Yes, I get a little relief from that stress, no doubt. But the problem doesn't go away. I get no real lasting peace in my heart. I get no 
uh, as the Bible says, grace to help in time of need. I get no word from God that uplifts my spirit. I get no wisdom from him that shows me what to do. Jesus said in your, or, or, or David said, in your presence is joy, the fullness of joy. I don't get that in front of the TV. How about you? Can we restore him to that place? Can we restore him to be the I am in our lives? He says to you and to me, I am. Let me ask you this. Have you had dreams? Have you had dreams that have been shattered? Hopes that have been crushed? He says to you and to me today, I am the resurrection and the life. Let your faith be renewed this morning. Let your hope be restored this morning in the God to whom nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing's too hard for him. And they that wait upon the Lord, the scripture says, will renew their strength. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. They will rise up on wings like eagles. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just lift up your hands to him. Say, Jesus, Lord, I've, I've gotten off track. I've put my hope in other things. I've, I've reached to other things. I've reached to myself. I've tried to control things. Lord, when you haven't worked in my timeline, I've taken things back. I've done it on my own, just like Pastor Ron has. But today, I restore, I put you back in your place as the great I am. Be Lord, my I am. I bring to you the needs of my heart. I bring to you the issues that I'm dealing with. Maybe there's one in particular that God's speaking to your heart right now and says, I've got this. I've got this. Trust me. Trust me. Wait upon me. Don't let go. I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to do it in a way that you did not expect. Don't look for me only in one way. He's got this. Trust him. Trust him. Oh, God, I join with my fellow imperfect believers this morning. And I do, Lord, we, we, we put you back in that place. Only one I am. And when we have you, we have it all. So, God, we just give our past, our present, our future to you. Be glorified in our lives. And through us, Lord, through our lives, speak to the world around us. 
reveal your goodness and your grace. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you today. I hope that that message touched your heart like it touched mine. And we look forward to seeing good things as we trust him. Amen. Let our lives show forth. We've been called, uh, Peter says, we're, we're, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen generation, that our lives would show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So let's let God show forth who he is through us, even this week. But let's not, let's not confine him to a week and give up on him if things don't turn around <coughs> right, right this week. He knows what he's doing. He's never late. Not always on my timeline, right? But he's never late. He knows what he's doing. He knows what needs to get done. And sometimes he's working on things that we don't even we don't even know. Having to move people around and do this and that. God knows. And there's nothing too hard for him. Let's trust him. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we'll hopefully see you again next week. God bless. <laughs>